a reading from the first book of Kings. Later, the following events took place. Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. And Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard, so that I might have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near my house. I will give you a better vineyard for it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you its value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you my ancestral inheritance. Ahab went home resentful and sullen because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him, for he said, I will not give you my ancestral inheritance. He lay down on his bed, turned away his face, and would not eat. His wife Jezebel came to him and said, Why are you so depressed that you will not eat? He said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard for it. But he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. His wife Jezebel said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Get up, eat some food, and be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. She sent the letters to the elders and nobles who lived with Naboth in his city. She wrote in the letters, proclaim a fast and seat Naboth at the head of the assembly. Seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them bring a charge against him, saying, you have cursed God and the king, then take him out and stone him to death. The men of his city, the elders and the nobles who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them. Just as it was written in the letters that she had sent to them, they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth at the head of the assembly. The two scoundrels came in and sat opposite him, and the scoundrels brought a charge against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned. He is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Go, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. As soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab sent out to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Go down to meet King Ahab of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone to take possession. You shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? You shall say to him, thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, dogs will also lick up your blood. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
Reading from the Gospel according to John. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls from the er into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. 
But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Here at the Spirit is saying to God's people, Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
This is what we are about. We plant seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that affects far beyond our capabilities. You've heard the term bloom where you're planted, I assume. Wherever you find yourself in life, one hopes that you will find the means to thrive. That with grace and good fortune and just a little bit of luck, 
You can do well regardless of whatever soil you're planted in. But I began with words from the Romero prayer, actually written by another bishop close to the time of Oscar Romero's death. And it uses a similar image, but it speaks of seeds and foundations and yeast that focus not on being the one that blooms, but rather by being the means by which others may grow and thrive. Earlier in his episcopate, Oscar Romero was a conservative bishop opposed to the growing liberation theology movement. Best known in its Latin American context, it emphasized social concern for the poor and political liberation for oppressed peoples. Yet in 1974, Romero was appointed to the rural parish of Santiago del Maria, a poor rural parish that included the town where he grew up. There, he faced the poverty and the oppression of the people of El Salvador. And so he became increasingly critical of the government's actions, which included the assassination of his friend and fellow priest, Rutulio Grande. Bishop Romero then spoke out against the human rights abuses in his own country, from his pulpit and from his own radio show. After becoming the Archbishop of San Salvador in 1977, he continued to criticize the government's human rights abuses and condemned the United States military support of the Salvadoran military. In, 19, in March of 1980, he preached a sermon calling for soldiers in El Salvador to disobey their orders to shoot innocent civilians. And the next day, he was assassinated while celebrating Mass. Romero's life had become wrapped up in the politics of El Salvador as a foil to the government's crippling oppression of its people. Yet he was not a political figure in the sense that we might assume it. Rather, he raised his voice so that all may see Jesus. So that the poor who sought the liberation that Jesus promised could have that promise fulfilled. So that those in power could have their hardness of heart mended. Some Greeks came to Philip and they said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And so Philip took them to Jesus, who answered them, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I believe it took Archbishop Romero some time some time in his life to find the right soil. But he found it when he was assigned to his home parish. And rather than blooming where he planted, he had found the soil where he could plant and water seeds that would then grow and nourish all those who suffered. He planted the seeds of freedom and liberation. There, when seeing face to face the reality of the poverty of his people, his eyes were opened and what he saw changed him. It softened his heart. 
and it gave him great courage. It disrupted his own faith. Can you believe that? Disrupting the faith of a bishop. And led him to say that we mustn't seek the child Jesus in the pretty figures of our Christmas cribs. We must seek him among the undernourished children who have gone to bed at night with nothing to eat. Among the poor newsboys who will sleep covered with newspapers in doorways. Seeing Jesus, not in the crush, but in the doorway, covered in newspapers, was a scandal. What can we do in the face of so much suffering? Oscar Romero might have said, find soil in which to plant yourself, not for yourself so that you can bloom, but rather so that others can live. He lived giving life and dignity to the poor. He died as a grain of wheat, falling to the earth so that something new could grow. Though not of his creation, these words from the 1979 prayer of Oscar Romero reflect his life and witness. We cannot do everything. And there is a sense of liberalization in realizing that. Excuse me, a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders. Ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future that is not our own. Amen.
Together, let us pray using the words of Prayer 5 on page 3 of your bulletin. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell into that house, where there shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light, no noise or silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends or beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of the glory and dominion, world without end. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the peace of God which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.